Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Heater, and MJ. In this week's episode, we will be discussing Netflix's fourth film, the 2016 adventure comedy Pee Wee's Big Holiday, starring Paul Rubens. Welcome, boys. How are we doing? Good, mate. Good to be here. Very good. Good to see you guys again. I'm pretty sure that this is uh, going to be a, quite a contentious uh, film that we're going to discuss. <laughs> I'm sure we've all got Can't lots wait. of positive things to talk about. Um, how about we, we start off with a little bit of a fast flicks, a bit of a discussion about the plot points. MJ, you want to kick us off? Happy to. Um, Peewee's big holiday. Um, with a character that struggles to resonate, a plot that rarely fires a shot, and a cast that has you scratching your head as to where they fit in, Peewee's big holiday was a struggle. Can this childlike 60-something-year-old get to New York for, for Joe Manganiello's birthday party? Yes, you heard that right. A film that relies on nostalgia to pull it through. Very, I didn't even feel any nostalgia whatsoever no, in this film. But. No, neither did I. That's, that's why I'm assuming that you needed it, because it didn't pull me through. So well, you're a big fan of the movie then? <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss in depth later, but hopefully you've given a, I've given you a snapshot of how I felt. Alright, Peter? Um, I've tried to remain a bit more impartial in my fast flicks. It's just basically, Pee Wee Herman is a much-loved figure in his hometown that he's never left. One day, he meets a stranger who convinces him to leave his home and travel to New York City to attend his birthday party. Chaos ensues on his journey to the Big Apple. Yeah. Very impartial. Yeah, very, yeah. Well done. I, I'm assuming you like it, so that's good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, as usual, mine's pretty basic, so... A loner who's never left his hometown makes a new friend. This new friend invites him to his birthday party in New York City, and he decides to take an adventure to make it in time. Of course, he comes across challenges on the way, but makes it in time to cement that friendship. What a, what a lovely film. What a, what, a love, what a lovely film. This film has so much going for it, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. All right, anyone got anything that they want to share about any research or anything that they've learned about this film along the way? Yeah, look, look the, the big thing, the, I, I need a preface, um, and I think you guys are actually in the same boat, that I've not seen any other Pee Wee, no. um, Pee Wee Herman. Yep. Ne- yep. not seen any, any other Pee Wee Herman films. I'm not familiar with the character at all. Um, so from what I can gather, it's been 27 years since his last film, um, which is obviously, you know, it's enormous, like a whole generation and a half gap between, um, between drinks and Judd Apatow, um, was a big Wee fan, um, and he actually called this project a dream come true, being out of work as a producer on wow. this film. So, but like, um, you look at some of his films, Forty Year Old Virgin. Well, that's the, my point. I I think knocked up just yeah. before um, this film, he he directed Trainwreck, he directed This Is Forty, he produced Bridesmaid, Five Year Engagement, Anchorman Two. It's actually a really big coup for Netflix to yeah, get to the get Judd Apatow name on this project as as the fourth Netflix film. Um, and it really probably gave the studio or the company a, a big stamp of approval getting him there. Yeah. So that, that, was, that would have been a huge result for them when that, when that happened initially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, up. anything that you want to discuss on, on that? Um, not on that. Um, the, obviously, one of the, the big ones is the, the stranger who he meets is Joe Manganiello, who plays himself. And uh, that role was actually originally intended for The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> which I could definitely see him playing that, that exact role. Look at a lot the rock. I yeah. didn't know when that was happening that Joe Manganiello was playing himself. Obviously, he, he came into the scene. I thought, oh, yeah. who's, this, who's this cool character yeah. coming into it? And then he eventually revealed himself to be himself. And uh, I didn't see that coming. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. haven't seen any of the previous films. 
also, I don't know whether it's maybe a cultural thing as well. I don't know if it was a big thing in Australia. I, I, yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think even if it, um, we had seen, I think we're probably a little bit young for um, to be around. Would have, yeah, we would have missed it. Was it was just missed the crazy. Mid-80s, wasn't yeah. it? So um, yeah, it's interesting first experience with Pee Wee. So <laughs> was critical consensus for this film though? It was positive. Yeah. It was received really well yeah. by critics. Right. It's got tomatoes, 80%. Yeah. It's got a 6.2 on IMDb, and overall it was perceived really well. So, yeah, from what I... The guy, I, I wasn't... I really struggled through this film, um, and I tried to read in a little bit of depth about what this crit, why this critical consensus was quite positive. And from what I can understand that... Um, there's a lot of talk about the similarities it had to the, the 1985 film um, and a lot of the sentiment was around, oh, Pee-wee's back, um, you know, the man we know and love is back and all that sort of sentiment really, to me, felt like it was based around that the fact that nostalgia played a yeah. really huge part yeah. um, and if, if you're left without that nostalgia, you're probably sitting there thinking what I was thinking, like, what the hell am I watching? Um, yeah. Because I just didn't get it and, and at not one point did the character resonate with me. Yeah, I think, and they, I think, talking about that as well, they tried to make him look like he did back in the day as well. So they used all these like special effects to de-age his face to make him look like he Worked. did back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the they did a great job of that. I think he was sixty four. Yeah. doing this and definitely didn't look like he was that old. Absolutely, the uh, yeah, the makeup team and the visual effects team did a great job. Yeah, old enough to know better though, mate. <laughs> um, so I, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about some likes and dislikes in a bit more detail you can I, start with this because yeah, I'll, I'll start with, I'll start with a like I'll start with a like I did I thought that um, Joe Manganiello played the character well I thought for the role that he had he played it well like yeah The Rock playing that role would have been pretty cool as well but I thought he for what he had I thought he, he was good I think he was I actually think he was, he was the best thing <laughs> about the yeah. film yeah. Um, I actually felt like he played the role as if he was in on the joke and he was kind of taking the piss of, of the whole film, which he sort of had to. I mean, if he was trying to be too serious in that role, it wouldn't have worked. But seeing him crying on his bed because Pee Wee Herman yeah. hadn't turned up to his birthday party in New York City when he's got all these celebrities downstairs. He's a Pee Wee Herman he'd met for an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... I think he did that pretty well. I think it sort of plays to the simplicity of... Peewee though like Peewee's whole life his you know his town the people he works with the people he went to school with everyone's really simple so I think to have Joe's character as anything more than sort of a simple character as well that would be able to um, you know make that connection in such a quick time and you've got a 90 minute film that you're trying to do it in yeah and, yeah. It, and it's obviously you know the target audience is kids and, and families like it's a it's going it's not going for people our age or you know, adults. It's it's a film that's obviously for mm. kids. And do you think this resonates with kids of nowadays when when they can watch you know Secret Life of Pets and and you know, an abundance of great great Disney films and, and all that sort of stuff? I think it's a great question because I think though, like you were talking about before, they they're trying to recreate this magic they had in the eighties, obviously, and this is the type of film that would have done well in the eighties, mm-hmm. like those type of family friendly films that you know. In Australia, we had that carrot top head guy. I forget what his name is. Yahoo Serious, was it? Yahoo Serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those sorts of similar carrot films. Top. Yeah. <laughs> that was his name, wasn't it? Carrot Top? I, don't I can't remember. remember. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, but like, you know, they're the type of film, yeah, they did work, but I, yeah, like you say, I think we're, we're sort of, we're in a bit of a changing society. And kids have moved on. I, I, I yeah. just, 
the, kid, uh, the kids' movies and TV now is just so different yeah. to kind of this kind of thing that was even before we were kids. Yeah. That's why you can't find the, the critical consensus on how kids feel about this film. Yeah. Because they're not writing reviews and um, because there's no box office that we can look at either. Yeah. We can't see where the families were taking their kids and who's actually watching it and that's all Netflix data and they keep that pretty mm. tight-lipped to themselves. And this is probably one of the first ones that we've watched that hasn't had a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost as well. Correct. Um, and obviously they've they're not going to waste the time and money to put it in a theatre unless they're going to they're win some awards. So, yeah. um, obviously, didn't think they were going to win any awards. This <laughs> but even <laughs> Joe Manganiello is saying, when, when um, he realised that Pee Wee doesn't know who he is, how he's like, I'm Joe Manganiello from True Blood and Magic yeah. Mike. Mm. Kids nowadays aren't watching True Blood and Magic yeah, Mike. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. They're both. Yeah, they they would be like 15 years yeah. old to watch those things. Yeah. I found it a really odd thing to drop in there if it is a kid's film. And that's why half the film I was actually thinking, is this... Meant to be a kid's film. Quite a few inappropriate scenes yeah. for a bit of sexual kind of innuendo and scenes and stuff. It was like, oh, well, this is like a, a family kids movie, isn't it? There was, was quite a bit that was like, oh, okay. If you're watching that it's with your interesting kids, one. how do you explain to them why 10 farmers' daughters are trying to break into his room in the middle of the night? Yeah. And at one stage, he says, I'm saving myself to a marriage. Like, oh. yeah. To, to eat cookies with a woman. That, that was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until, until they're married, he's not going to do that. Um, so obviously there's a, there's a few issues that we're talking about here. What are some scenes that, did you have any scenes that actually stood out that you thought were well done? Um, oh, it's probably just more, just a few different moments in the scenes. I obviously wasn't a big fan of this movie. Um, there's a few moments like we said before, when they're with the farmer's daughters and they're all around saying grace and I asked Pee Wee, do you want to say a few words? And he doesn't know what they're talking about. And he just starts off randomly, just random words. And that was just funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I I really thought the the opening scene was quite quite clever. The all the contraptions going through the house to get him into the car. I thought that was really well shot, really well made. Um, I liked that when he got out of bed. Yeah. And then he went up to the bowling. And it kept on going on for like 10 more minutes. And I was like, come on, all right. If you had to stop this after the first bit, it would have been good. Once he hit and the, then just went hit the on room. and on yeah. and on. So then he goes this into this house and they let yeah. him in and there's this buffet of breakfast <laughs> foods and he grabs a couple but didn't even eat it. He hands it to the girl on the, on the way past. So I get the vibe that this is his morning routine. So they're cooking up this big feed every single morning and he's just touching it, not even taking it. That bothered me. Oh. And then he goes then he goes to a kitchen and starts cooking breakfast for everyone. It's like, yeah, why don't we just eat on the job? But maybe it's, that's like the opening to one of his TV shows or something and it's like yeah, like, okay. paying homage to that. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe. But before that scene, the very opening scene of his dream with the, the oh, E.T. spoof. I, that's... That, <laughs> Alien was creepy looking. <laughs> Had no nose. I was just like, this like opening scene of like a kids movie. They'd be terrified. That thing was creepy as. Was, yeah, and I was trying to work like, is that alien someone that he's met before? That's or, what I was thinking yeah. too. And then I was like, ah, oh, this film's obviously about an alien. That's what I thought <laughs> when I started watching it, and um, it never came back. And it was like he was so emotional about leaving that alien. alien like, yeah. Um, I have to assume that it was maybe part of another episode or film um, and that was kind of their way of tying off that part of the story I'm not too sure mm, yeah maybe in his last movie he went to space with an alien or something you know so I'll give them a well he can't because this was the first time he left his hometown <laughs> true, true but true. the other one was called Pee-wee's Big Adventure did he have a big adventure where he didn't leave the town maybe it was in his, in his backyard God, we sound so uninformed yeah I know <laughs> um, other scene that really sort of got me or annoyed the living daylights out of me was that 
balloon squeaking scene. Oh, no, I, you know what? I actually fast forwarded it. Yeah, I actually I was I did it nice and slowly and yeah. watched it. He was still doing it, and I'm like, I can't keep sitting through this. Oh, it just went on and on and on and on, and I think it's the longest um, continuous scene in any Pee Wee Herman movie. It went for two minutes and seven seconds of him just squeaking a balloon. And it wasn't funny. It was atrocious. And then, and then the whole shocking. the whole community's like, oh, this is amazing. Really? Like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't that's, know. that's I, I felt that way through so many situations in this film. Yeah. Just annoyed at them making me watch it. Um, Watching Pee Wee just was annoying well, <laughs> in itself. Let's, let's talk about this character because I, I could not, I, I couldn't understand him. And not, not, not listen to him I couldn't understand where he's coming from I couldn't understand anything about him but I also got to the point where I couldn't bear him like he drove me crazy mm. um, and as I said without like having any prior knowledge to him that like childlike innocence just really felt misplaced and like a little bit creepy yeah. and again maybe that's a 2018 thing whereas it might have been sort of cute and endearing back in the 80s when there's less of, of that kind of content around but now it just it's weird it's just some of these, some of the ones on screen, probably once I got to about halfway through the movie, I just like this is just cringeworthy watching, you know, his giggle and his laugh and just the way he spoke. I was just like, really? His like, laugh bothered me more oh, than I was, when I was well. It yeah. was annoying. I mean, the, once he hits the road, the middle section of the film deteriorates very quickly. Um, you know, it's nice getting to know the town and the people that he, he, you know, lives with, works with. And then once he hits the, um, you know, it's, it's the road. There's all these stereotypes that, yeah. like, literally, they're just these <laughs> these things that you see. So they had like um, the the, uh, um, the Amish yeah. community, yeah. and I was just like, okay, fair <laughs> enough. That's that's fine. You've got the businessman on the road who's yeah, like a creepy businessman. Yeah. Yeah, you have got the hillbillies that he go, you know, that they try to marry him off to. The hairstylists, like, uh, yeah, that, I don't even know where that one. That was a that was a strange. Where did that come scene? from? Nothing actually happened with that. No, and <clears throat> but it's just like. You've got mm-hmm. all these stereotypes that the bank really robbers, positive. yeah, the, the the bank robbers that end up in jail yeah. and then they come out to help. It's like, why? Why do we need these? It's interesting that you say that that you enjoyed the setup of the story. I did, but the crux of the movie was the adventure. And just it, does it is that a an issue with you know I guess the script that they they almost couldn't write a story good enough mm. to to follow up on on anything else that Pee-wee's built previously so oh, the, the stuff at the start would have been easy it, it existed it was easy enough for them to show it again but as soon as it came to crunch time to writing a story it was there was nothing there yeah I think they you know they needed to be more of a connection with him leaving the hometown on the road rather than the home like the the road just being yeah. coming across different things the whole way. Like he just left the home and that was it. Yeah, or like someone, wasn't, yeah. someone from the hometown was like, you know, chasing after him or trying to make sure yeah. he comes back or someone was like saying they missed him and he needed to go back and then there was like this sort of... There's nothing really at stake, was there? Yeah. Not really, no. And if he doesn't get to the birthday party, big whoop. Yeah. Like, it's not just, the end of it. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted him to get to the birthday party. Of course. Still. Of course. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm not saying that I cared about the character, but I still wanted that resolution at the end that he actually got there. Yeah. I, I almost just wanted to see... Joe Manganiello in more like yeah, more, more just want to see if he doesn't get more there, scenes. Yeah, the best character in the film is not going to come back. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that this is um out of our the first four Netflix films, we've got another um hallucination of Abe Lincoln. <laughs> I can't believe we watched four movies. He's in the pit on his way to the party, and he sees the Queen and Abraham Lincoln, and I'm just like, <laughs> really? I guess we're gonna have to add an Abe Lincoln watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's two out of four films so far. We'll see. Um, I'm assuming there'll be one of the next two then. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there has to be, doesn't there? There's got to be. Um, 
Yeah. I, I just could, like, I couldn't believe his hometown doesn't have traffic lights. It's ridiculous. Oh, he gets, true. gets on the road, he the takes a photo of the yeah, traffic yeah. light. I'm like, you live in a town, you don't have traffic lights. Yeah. That, that just annoyed me. Just Maybe. a little thing there just annoyed stop me. Stop signs and give way. Yeah. 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 The other thing that got me, like, that annoyed me in that town as well, like, you get the whole 50s, 60s vibe, like mm-hmm. the diner, all that sort of stuff. But then when he, like, gets a, takes a, he takes a selfie with Joe and he uses a digital camera. Mm. Mm. That's like, right. yeah. Really? Like, everything else is, like, so yeah. themed to that one thing. And then yeah. it's like, no, I'm just going to. Also, I hated just the milkshake scene. Just annoyed me. Just you know, it was just like you know, one of a goofy film that where they didn't do the milkshake properly. Did you? And if you notice that, he pours the milkshake for him, and there's quite a bit left yeah, in the gap. top. Yeah. Because I actually thought, oh, he's going to put like whipped cream yeah. or something, and then like he's left a bit of a gap at the top. Slides it over the Joe. And it's full. Joe gets it, and it's full. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that just that is really annoying. That you've just yeah, right. the filming's just stuffed up there. And yeah, that, just little things like that. Just that just annoyed me. Yeah, really annoyed me. Um, him, as a character, I tried to. I was comparing him to Mr. Bean. So I, I love Mr. Bean, mm, yeah. and I'm like, okay, why, good comparison. why do I love Mr. Get out. Mm. They're similar kind yeah. of outcasts. They live in their own little world a little bit, quite eccentric. But I love Mr. Bean, and I couldn't stand Pee Wee. Mm. Like, why? So why why do I like Mr. Bean so much more? And I actually think it's because Mr. Bean's actually a bit of a jerk. Mr. Bean... Yeah, he has a bit of a mean streak. He's selfish yeah. and he's a bit cunning. Um, and you kind of love to see the mischief that yeah. he gets up to. Yeah, And I that's, that's that. the humour of Mr. Bean. Mm. Uh, and Pee Wee was more like, oh man, like what's this idiot doing now? Like, yeah. you know, letting... Like, there's three girls that clearly just robbed a bank. The siren's on everywhere. And he's like, oh yeah, jump in the car. Like, like that, that sort of stuff is not like... Yeah. It's not like Mr. Bean... Um, getting changed in front of a blind man or something like that that's, that's yeah. really funny <laughs> Mr. Bean might be like Mr. Bean doesn't talk and I think that's part of the you know if Mr. Bean it's also the appeal yeah, of him yeah because yeah. like if he had dialogue what you know mm. possibly we wouldn't mm. like his might make it worse yeah. Yeah. yeah true yeah, so he's yeah, cool. yeah, I think Pee Wee's like a talking version of Bean which doesn't work doesn't work <laughs> doesn't work um so did you take anything out of the film like did, did you think that there's like I think there's some good messages in this film I think for a family-friendly movie, it wasn't just a film that was about gags and go- uh, jokes and fart jokes. wasn't the most family-friendly movie, though. <laughs> it wasn't. It definitely had some things that weren't... I The, sh- the male strippers in the pillow fight oh, yeah. Yeah. was an odd scene to put in there. True. For a family movie. True. There, yeah, there, was, there were a couple of weird scenes as well. Like the, the scene where um, he decides to go and hide in the toilet and just comes out with that disguise. Mm-hmm. Dressed as like a horse or whatever it was. And See, that to me at least, that's where it felt like a kid's film. Yeah, that, and I was kind of okay with it feeling like a kids' film, but yeah, it's, it's juxtaposed to the fact that he's getting trying to get a shotgun wedding with a farmer's girl. Like, yeah. mm. maybe that's yeah, maybe that's why that felt so out of place for me because there are more adulty sort of things, and that was just yeah. like so contrasting and so weird. Well, I guess like in terms of the one thing that adds to that is the the director is John Lee. It's it was his first and it's the only movie that he's ever directed. Yeah, I mean you can kind of tell like <laughs> yeah. this is this was his first go at it, and he's only done TV, I think. Yeah, he's only ever done TV. This is this is the first movie he's done. No one's knocking on his door to do another one. It doesn't seem like it. No. Come on, John. So one of the the scenes that the scene where he's in the plane with um oh, yeah, that lady, lady yeah. and he jumps out of the plane and she's like, "Live it up." Is that like is that what the whole story is about? Is him just living life, living it up, trying to try different things, do different things, break out of the mold? In, yeah, I, I guess I had a couple of notes. I guess on the themes, I thought, yeah, like I guess the main themes were adventure and stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, which is yeah. something obviously that he had to do to leave. I think, yeah, 
stepping out of your comfort zone was a big one for me is kind of yeah the thing. I agree nice message yeah. mm-hmm. and again like, I, like, I wish they had made it harder for him to leave yeah. like, just the way yeah. he's like I've never left here before yeah. and Joe's like oh you should leave he's like oh yeah okay I'll do it yeah. like, and he just tells his bosses hey I'm leaving and see yeah, you later it kind of would have been nicer yeah. if he had a bit of a struggle with that yeah and but, weighing up I feel like, like they, he tried, said, they tried to do that with the band like how the band were kicking him out of the yeah. band so like you know these things that he had always felt secure with now is like well there's nothing yeah. for me so I can just go but yeah it wasn't really done yeah like, and like you said well, what are like more kind of emotional connections telling him no you've got to stay and mm-hmm. even on the journey hey you know calling him on the phone and I've got to come back a bit bit more pull back to his hometown because it just I guess it just seemed like you know he lived in his hometown all his life but why if he can get up that quickly and leave yeah, like he doesn't have much yeah. like obviously he was much loved in the town but it just didn't seem like he had a connection there or real like a, a home place there because of how easily he just got up and left especially because at the start when they um when he's like oh Peewee can you just stay at the store for a little bit and we just I'm just gonna go out and meet a friend or something it didn't feel like anyone actually liked him. Like they, they yeah. liked him, but they didn't care for him. And the band, yeah. the band said, "Hey, mate, we're all moving it's on." Kind of treating him pretty badly. Like yeah. he, yeah. he felt very dispensable to everybody. So th- there was nothing really pulling him back. But was that to make the decision easier? And if that's the case, we didn't need that decision to be easy. We wanted it to be hard and yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone. I guess that would take big deal. If they spent more time on that, they'd take more away from the journey. And maybe yeah, they wanted to have right. spend a lot more time on the like, journey. Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> That's why, he that's why he hasn't directed a movie since. Because <laughs> yeah. he made that mistake. Another thing, like, you know, the the friendship thing, like, yes, he only made this friend and he was, they were best mates within 10 minutes, but it was sort of that thing, I'll do anything, anything for a friend. I'm, I'm I agree. To. The friendship mm-hmm. thing I actually kind of liked. Um, it went both ways as well with Joe and Pee-wee. That yeah. They were, you know, they were committed to each other. Yeah, and like, you know, Joe, at the end, he has that whole miniature... Yeah, and, and the treehouse yeah. and that stuff that he'd done for, for so this. I song. would have preferred. So you get the vibe that he met Pee Wee, went back and built the miniature town, right? Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, okay, kindred spirits. Joe had made his own miniature town. He saw Pee Wee. He didn't want to tell Pee Wee that he had his own, but they were just like connected on that level. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't like that. I was really hoping it was Joe's. Like, hey, guess what? I do this too. Yeah. But he's like, no, I just whipped this up in the in five days. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was like that whole journey towards the party, what did you guys think of those the dream sequences that he kept having, like with him and Joe being best friends? Like, was there any need for that to remind the audience that that's what he's doing? But I didn't feel like I felt like that was a waste of time. I thought it was a waste too, but also taken it at the point of view is if they're targeting this at kids who maybe don't have the best attention span, yep. got to keep reminding them, hey, this is the goal, this is what he wants. So yep. I mean, I didn't like it, but I guess from a kid's point of view, it might have been a necessary. Uh, a necessity to make sure they're constantly reminded. I also wonder if that's a character thing that he's done in True, the previous films because that's how it started. That very first mm, scene with the alien yeah. was a similar dream sequence. So when yeah. when it first went to that dream sequence with Joe, I thought, oh, well, the alien's going to pop out here or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, I guess every time when he was losing motivation, that was what drove him. Um, but agreed, I thought they were shocking scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, would it have been better on the big screen? <laughs> where should we watch it I, I reckon this should have been like probably put on a cable TV kids network yeah play 11 o'clock at night when everyone's in bed and no one watches it although I didn't hate it <laughs> I can't I, I can't I couldn't recommend this to anyone I couldn't recommend this to someone with kids like there's Netflix, a lot better options out there yeah, it's on Netflix movie. so it's there and it's fine but there's a lot better stuff on Netflix to, to, have, to have a kid watch with you yeah it's um 
Yeah, it certainly didn't need to be on the big screen. No, I would, no, you know no. what? I wish it was so we could actually see box office results so I could be justified. <laughs> see how many people walked out. When I look <laughs> at what, how much was it Rotten Tomatoes? 80%. 80%. 80%. So when I, when I look at that and I cannot figure out what I'm missing and if I'm that uninformed, at least I could cross-reference it with some box office results. Yeah. And, okay. The general public. Because, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, it's a nice gauge, but it's taken with a grain of salt. Absolutely, so. yeah. It's not the being on and all. All right, so is there anyone anything else to discuss, or are we ready to sort of give our um, our film rating out of five? Well, I actually had a couple of nice little IMDb moments. Oh yeah, they did be good um, the IMDb, IMDb moments. I the first thing that got me was the the bank robbers um, seeing uh, Stephanie Beatrice yeah. there from Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> Obviously, with the blonde Rosa wig, Diaz. <laughs> yeah, the blonde wig got me initially, and I'm like, I'm sure that's Rosa. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's interesting to see her playing anything that's not like a hard ass cop. Mm. Um, so that one was really funny. But then my favourite one was at the end. Um, obviously, at the party, there were a few guests there who were playing themselves as real actors yeah. and yeah. seeing. Um, didn't know her actual name, but Janina. Gavanka, who is Luna from True Blood, but is also Shiva from The League. So oh, it was okay. very nice. I did yeah. almost did my own little Shiva bomb at home when I saw <laughs> Shiva. Um, that was almost the highlight of the movie for me, to be honest, with her uh, three-second scene. <laughs> wow, you were talking this up. <laughs> um, now, my IMD, be it, was about 10 minutes in, yep. double-checking how long the movie went. <laughs> I was already struggling and... That was me just checking how long I had left. I'm pretty sure I texted you guys during the opening montage. Just, just <laughs> nah. <laughs> this is going to be rough. What about you, Jesse? Nah, when I, did you jump on IMDb? I, I, all I did was look up the director to see if he'd made any other films, and obviously not. So, what, what, really what made you think about the director? Was there anything in particular that you thought? Um, I just wanted to... Like, family-friendly films, uh, obviously a, a niche sort of market that, you know, they often give them to directors that haven't done a lot before like you know unless it's like Spielberg or something like that they give them to people who've done a lot of TV and that sort of stuff so I was just yeah. wanting to see what sort of other stuff he'd done and there was nothing that stood out yeah, at okay. all so I was just like oh, yeah, fair enough which is a bit weird this movie actually made me want to bring in another segment that I've been thinking <laughs> about I've been thinking about this segment through the first few films because you know this is Netflix people are watching it at home a lot of well because Wait. it's a streaming service that you watch it in the comfort of your own home uh, and I wanted to bring in a segment called Did My Dog Bark during this film. I'm um, looking forward to the segment. <laughs> I have two dogs, one of which uh, always barks when he sees animals on TV, particularly dogs and horses. Um, so there is, a, there is a warning for those who want to watch this at home. Your dog will bark. There is a dog at the start. There are numerous horses when you get with the Amish, and, and Todd didn't like that either. <laughs> but Pee Wee Herman has this... Uh, <laughs> Has this scream squeal that's obviously part of his character that everyone seems to love. And not only did I hate it, Todd hated it as well. And every time he went into a screaming uh, fit, Todd went into a barking fit. And I, maybe this is what this is what bothered me about the film as well, that I was, I was fighting these elements, trying to enjoy this film that wasn't enjoyable, trying to deal with my dog who wasn't enjoying it either. Um, <laughs> but it's just something to note. If, if you see him walking into an enclosure with a snake... Put your TV on mute for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of those um, corny snake jokes on the way into the, you know, the rattlesnake and the, <laughs> the real I love them, like lame as awful, <laughs> really lame, awful, really lame. <laughs> <laughs> I just, one kind of I don't know, more hypothetical question I had just thinking about this because I think we said before it's been twenty seven years since the last movie. Yep. So why make this one like? 
why did he do it? Judd Apatow. So I believe yeah. actually just, they were in talks for like oh, they, were, they were writing this for five or six years. Yeah. This film, um, yeah, even then, that's still twenty odd years. Yeah, after. you're just, right. You're right. Just decided to get back into it. Well, there's obviously some things that we haven't mentioned about um, Paul Rubin, about Paul mm. Rubin, which we probably won't discuss anyway. But I think that probably kept him away from the character for a while as well. Yeah, but I think as well in this in this day and age where there's so much content available and there's so many yeah. opportunities to yeah. make films. I guess with Netflix now, you can you know, what more opportunities just. Just, just seems strange that after that one yeah. absence to suddenly get back okay. into, I guess, and a movie that was exact same as previously when you've got such a new environment. Yeah. Well, A, I think John Avantel played a huge yeah. part in that. And B, yeah. I think if not for a Netflix type service, it probably wouldn't have been made. Yeah. yeah. Mm. As Jesse said, it's the first one that we've spoken about that wasn't actually yeah, that true. Yeah, So it was, it was, it worked for this sort of, hypothetically worked for this sort of environment. Yep. Yeah. So... I think we're good now to... I think we're on track now. What, what do we give it out of five? What are, what are we rating it and why? Do you want to go first? <laughs> I, think, I think we want to hear yours first. Well, to me, um, the film never never pulled me in um, and I barely enjoyed any scene. Um, I actually felt insulted by the type of humour and I know it wasn't aimed for a 29-year-old man, but um, I, the, the humour was so bad that it actually bothered me. Um, and I, the whole time I just wanted it to end. So I, I'm generally pretty positive with movie ratings, but this for me was 0.5 stars. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> Half a star. That's, that's good. Okay, that's, I like that's it. Our lowest I like, rating <laughs> like the summary. Um, I've got a couple of young nephews. So actually over the past kind of few months, I've actually watched a fair bit of <laughs> kids TV and kids movie just kind of when when I'm with them and actually haven't minded a fair bit of the content on there. This was awful. This movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, oh no. <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've actually watched some good stuff that I thought that I've actually enjoyed. That's targeted kids. This movie was awful. I struggled. As I said, 10 minutes in, I'm already looking to see when it's over. I give it a one out of five. So to that point, actually, I think the beauty, and you would know this as well as anyone, Jesse, because I know you love animated family films. Yep. Um, the beauty of making a really quality family film is tying in those jokes that are relevant for parents as well. And it's yep. not, it, mm. what, when you get it really wrong, it's when you have kids film, kids film, kids film, parent, uh, sorry, adult joke that kids don't understand, but that's okay because they don't understand it. Mm. But I don't think that's that's too jarring. You need that kind of humour that that adults still find funny and kids still find it funny as well. Like it's yeah. still cute and funny, but yeah. adults might see it from another... Yeah, exactly. And this was the exact opposite where every now and then they just chucked in this really adult reference and we're like, kids won't understand anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. And it, it, it's a really lazy way to do it. And I agree. Um, and look at like Toy Story, for example. You can watch that as an adult and, mm. and find it really clever and, and, and subtle and, and wonderful. And as a kid, you find it fun and entertaining because yep. they just get that balance right. And this was so far wrong in that direction. So, uh, yeah, I think like, so I didn't hate it as much as you guys. Um, I thought it started off really well. It ended well. The middle needed a lot of work done with it. But compared to, like you said before, I have seen a lot of kid life movies, you know, and I don't mind watching them. But the good thing about this one was that it actually tried to have some sort of moral or meaning behind it. And to me, that, that sort of bumps up a bit compared to some of the, the trashy kids' films that you see. Some of them are just literally like slapstick yep. humour, no meaning, just character starts at A, finishes at B. Yep. Whereas this one, yes, the character started at A, got back to A, 
but in between there, there was some kind of, of message of, you know, friendship and adventure and breaking the mold and, yep. and trying something new. So, um, I've given it three out of five. So well done. it's on, it's, it's about 60%. So it's just on yep. that border of fresh or rotten. If, if I was on rotten tomato, so that's where I've stuck it on there. So, um, if we add those three up, what do we get as we, an overall we average? We get an average score of 1. 1.5, 1.5 out of five. Okay, good. I've kept five. it over one and a half stars. So well, one and a half out of five. So um, probably our worst one um, so far. It's the Certainly worst out of the first four. First four. Hey, so, to your point, Jesse, yes. like we didn't talk about that going from uh, character starting at A, ending at A. What do you think happens with Pee Wee now? He's he's been on his adventure. He would invariably head back home. What what does he do? Is he is he a new man? Well, I think the the final scene of the film was him on the back of the motorbike with Joe, um, Joe riding mm-hmm. off. So to me, that's. He's still yeah. taking risks. He's getting on motorbikes. He's leaving the town. Who knows? Him and Joe may go away every weekend and stuff. To me, I think, yeah, maybe yeah. he's going to yeah. be more... I, I agree with that. He's now more adventurous and yeah. he's more... He, he stepped out of his comfort zone. Still, was okay. Still happy and comfortable at home. Yeah. But he's, but still he's happy just to go out yeah. and... Yeah. That's it. And he brought, he brought the, um, the, the new food to the diner. Um, yeah. The garnish. The garnish. Garnish. <laughs> the garnish. Little things like that, he's sort of yeah. bringing back to his life. So yeah. There you go. So can we bump your, your scores up a little bit? Or uh, we cannot. That's just disgusting where the characters <laughs> You're saying we've had some growth in the film. Surely you can give it more than half a star for a bit of growth. Well, I did. I gave it one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we would love it for you guys to hit up our social media channels. We're obviously Flix Forum at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And each week we are going to have a question on there relating to the film we've watched. This week I've got on there, um, what film from your childhood hasn't stood up over time? Um, so have a think about a have a question. think about some of the films you would have watched as a kid and, and see, you know, which ones going back and watching now do you reckon haven't withstood the, you know, the change in, in time? You table these really great questions, but we don't know don't them in advance to think about. So yeah. we're going to have to jump on Twitter. With yeah, so that's all. I'm expecting you guys to get yeah. on as well and answer this so yeah. we can get on there and, and answer I'm going to have questions. to go back and watch all my favourite kids' movies again <laughs> to work out which ones. We've got enough to watch as it is. Um, <laughs> so next week, we are going to be discussing the 2016 satirical satirical comedy special correspondent starring Ricky Gervais, Eric Banner and Vera Famiglia. So please take the time to watch the film uh, before our next episode so you can join in with the discussion. Hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, this chat. I'm sorry that this was um, such an ordinary film for both of you. I'm sorry that if you played along at home and you did watch the film with us uh, and you did get through the film, I apologise for that as well. So this is the podcast we chose to do. So. <laughs> So good chatting, boys, um, and we'll see yeah, you thanks, next week. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, MJ. See you next week. Looking forward to watching a new film this week. See you, boys. Washing out the taste of that one. <laughs>